I just want to start this morning a new series. I wonder if you could just turn me down a little bit, please. Thank you. Uh, I want to talk today, uh, actually, Pastor Armory last week, uh, he spoke about God in the storm and how God can speak to the storm. And, uh, but based off what I talked about the first part of the year, I guess the first quarter of the year, I talked about the wells in our lives that we need to dig up, and we talked about prayer and the Word of God and, and, and just uh, understanding what it is to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Well, t- today I want to open up a new one. I want to call it When God Speaks. So if you could just put the first one up there. Whoops, I don't know what happened, but it's okay. When it, when it comes back, it'll come back. Uh, when God Speaks. This is actually the ending slide. Don't pay attention to that one. Um, so what happens when God speaks? How does God speak? All those sorts of things. So I want to start by saying this uh, very clearly. One, God is always speaking. He always has been. He always is in whatever present moment it is. And he always will be. In the context of what we understand as time, start, finish, end, and all that, God is speaking. And in in that sense, God, uh, if you will, lowers himself (laughs) to uh, our understanding of time. I I, I know I bring this up a lot, at least two, three times a year, but I want you to understand that what we see as God said something thousands of years ago, that is not, God doesn't go, oh yeah, I remember saying that 5,000 years ago. There is no time to God. He said it, and it is. And what he might say to us tomorrow, he's already said it, and it is. And so God, though, to help us understand, can, can frame, help us frame his understanding by putting it uh, in maybe a time that we understand. For example, the Bible. The Bible is God's word. Amen? So God's word, it's God's speaking to us. The Bible starts... With what? We can, we can, you'll see it there in a second. The Bible starts with this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. Okay, so right from the beginning, Genesis 1, we hear the words, God said. So in our understanding of time, God is uh, framing uh, the beginning of what we call creation with his word. He is speaking creation into being. Um, it's, it's important here to understand, and as we know from the, what we read in the New Testament, that everything that was created was created by the word. The word is Jesus. It was spoken into existence by Jesus. So right away, the beginning of the Bible, we get this, uh, if you will, magnificent, large word being spoken, and he, God creates. And it goes on. If you, By the way, if you continue reading Genesis 1, it'll say, and then God said this, let there be this, and then there was, and then God said, let there be this, and then there was. And it was always good, always good. So God's word right from the beginning brings life, speaks life, not just into us as individuals, but into the whole of creation, into the whole of the universe. And then the Bible ends with God speaking. So if you go all the way, jump all the way to the end, Revelation chapter 22 says this. Uh, I will, you'll, the only the small part will be up there, but it says, I warn everyone who hears the words of prophecies in this scroll. If anyone adds to them, God will t- add to that person the plagues described. And if anyone takes the words away from the scroll, God will take away that person any share in the tree of life and the holy city which are described. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with God's people. Amen. That's the end of the Bible. So right at the end of the Bible, it's the voice of Jesus saying, yes, I am coming 
soon. So it starts with the, uh, God saying, let there be in creating, and it ends with, yes, I am coming soon, all the way in the book of Revelation. Amen? So from Genesis to Revelation, God speaks to us through the Bible. We can be sure of that. We know that the Bible is God's word, and we can be sure that God is speaking to us through it. However, and now we're going we're to take some time to unpack this, that is not the limit of what God says to us. Okay? So we have to be careful here. There are many people, even Christians, who will say the Bible is the whole of the revelation of God, and there's nothing else that he says to us. Okay? And there's a truth to the fact, and we'll get there in a second, that whatever we hear from God should line up with the Bible. But the Bible is not all or the only way that God speaks to us. So how does God speak to us? There's a few ways I want to look at today. One, he speaks to us directly. So yes, God speaks to you and to me. So many times in the Bible, it was, you know, he said, hey, Samuel, hey, Hannah, hey, Mary, hey, Joseph, directly using either his own voice, the voice of an angel, somebody else, to speak directly to an individual. And now we have a, we have a tendency, like we do with movies, to lionize or to, to elevate the people in the Bible to like celebrity status and say, well, of course God spoke directly to these people because they're in the Bible. Well, the book of Hebrews tells us very plainly, it's not there as a verse, but the book of Hebrews tells us very plainly, aren't, isn't Abraham a person just like you? Right? So what we're learning from that is this, that <clears throat> the people in the Bible who are called directly are not special. They are just spoken to by God directly. And we can experience the same thing. So whatever your name is, God can speak to you directly. And I don't mean even, um, you know, like through a sign, which we'll talk about in a second, but God can speak to you, literally call out your name and speak to you, okay? Because God also, if he can speak to us directly, can also speak to us indirectly, you know, through, through th- someone else, okay? Uh, many of you have probably experienced this. Uh, somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, listen, I was praying the other day and you came to my mind and I just felt to tell you uh, that God really wants you to know that he's, he knows what you're going through and he really cares for you and you're going to be all right. And then, whoa, that just hits home. Okay, so God can speak to you indirectly. So in that realm, God can speak to us audibly. So what I mean that is we can hear it. Okay, so it can be his voice, someone else's voice, a prophetic voice. Right, so a prophetic voice is someone who is speaking, if you will, in the third person, speaking uh, the words of what they call the oracles of God. That means the speaking the words of God. God can speak to you through music, so audibly. Okay, so you can hear literally with your faculty of hearing the word of God, God speaking to you. God certainly can speak to you through the written word. Okay, so through the Bible, certainly you can feel God's presence. But God could also speak to you through a poem or through a news story. I mean, whatever, God can speak to you through the written word. Okay, how many of you have ever experienced this? I believe God can speak to you through nature. You know? Maybe it's the first time you see a, the northern lights or a borealis. Maybe it's the first time you see a child, a baby. Maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, a famous internet meme was, the, remember the double rainbow guy, the triple rainbow guy? Remember that one? You know, maybe God speaks to you through the grandeur of nature or through something happening in nature, through the simple movement of a bug on the street, whatever. God can speak to you through nature. And then, of course, God can speak to you, as we already sort of alluded to, through your circumstances, through your daily life. God can use the things going on at your job, at your home, in your life, at, in line at supermarket to speak to you, to speak to you. I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but being in line, God is always speaking to me about patience. My wife will tell you, I hate being in line. 
I go to a fast food restaurant, it's supposed to be fast. If it's not fast, I leave because it's not fast food anymore. Now it's slow food, and if I want slow food, I'm going to go sit down at a restaurant. So you see, like, so God speaks to me about patience through circumstances, right? And of course, ultimately, most importantly, God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. We just looked at this, right, the last time I spoke a couple weeks ago. But we read this in John 14, 26. At the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, as he was preparing to die on the cross, he told his disciples this, but the Helper, Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things I said to you. So the promise is the Holy Spirit is promised by God, and if you will, it's like he's speaking to us live, always. I was trying to bring this up to 2021 20, uh, parlance for younger folks. Like, basically, the Holy Spirit is constantly live-streaming the Word of God to us, okay? In our hearts, in our minds, in our spirit. Constantly, that's how the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And He doesn't speak about anything else. Okay, this is going to be important. He doesn't speak about politics. He doesn't speak about society. He doesn't even speak about things that really matter, about other issues, of societal issues or whatever. None of that. The Holy Spirit is not preoccupied with anything other than telling us what Jesus said. He's always pointing us towards Jesus. Just want to be very clear about that. So he was promised, and he's basically our live spokesperson for Jesus and for the, as representative of the Trinity in our lives. So I guess the next question is, how does God speak? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? Well, let's look at the Word of God. Let's look at the book of Psalms, okay? It's at uh, Psalms 29. You see it up there. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Okay, I want to read the whole thing. It says this. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The, glory, the God of glory thunders. Now, remember, we started right in the book of Genesis. What did it say? The Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters, right? The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The, glory, the God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks cedars. Cedars are very powerful trees. The Lord breaks the pieces of cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon... Leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The voice of the, uh, shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. Okay, so what does God sound like? He sounds pretty powerful to me. God is powerful. What it's saying here is, that the imagery being evoked here is that when God speaks, it has the power to strip everything bare. Nature bows before it, deserts bow before it, trees bow before it. Whatever God says, it dominates, it rules. Okay? Second Samuel twenty two fourteen says this, The Lord thundered from heaven, the voice of the Most High resounded. Right? It just takes up all the space. Now some of you are saying, oh yeah, but what about, you know, everybody goes to that one story. And here it is in 1 Kings 19, and when the prophet was saying, Lord, I want to hear from you. God, I want to hear from you. And it said, an earthquake came and then a fire, but the Lord was not in the earthquake and the Lord was not in the fire. And then after the fire came a gentle whisper, and the Lord was in the gentle whisper. Yes, God can speak to us in thunderous, mountainous sound and also in a gentle whisper but I want to make something very clear here people use this excuse all the time the gentle whisper has the same power to strip the cedars of Lebanon to shake the deserts and to shake you whatever you're doing the gentle whisper doesn't like it's okay everything's gonna be okay that's not what it means he was telling the prophet get off your butt and go do what I called you to do 
I've got, I've got it under control. Go read this story. He wasn't going, it's okay, it's okay, everything's going to be all right. He wasn't saying that. He said, hey, listen, I'm the one who told you to do this. Okay, so whether it's, a, whether it's a thunderous yell from the heavens or a gentle whisper, God's word shakes us out of our doldrums, wakes us up, and we have to pay attention to it. It resounds. But here's an idea I thought of. I wrote this down. Here's an idea. How about God speaks however he wants, whenever he wants? Because he's God. And this is what we need to understand. God is God. He knows what we need. He knows who we are. He knows everything about us. He's the one in control. I read something last Sunday. It infuriated me. I've got to be honest. It was by a preacher basically saying, uh, if we do such and such and pray in such a way and do this, then God has to do this. And you guys know, I, if you've listened to me long enough, I can't stand stuff like that. Excuse me, God doesn't have to do anything. There's no magic formula to say, well, God, I've fasted and prayed now, and I've done this, and I've given this much money, and I've been going to church my whole life, so now here's what I want. Bum, bum, bum. Because your word says you have to do this. God doesn't have to do anything. God chooses, thank the Lord, chooses to have fellowship with us. And he's not mean and nasty about it, but can you imagine we're talking about the great sovereign Lord of the universe and he chooses to come talk to me? I'm not that interesting. I spent yesterday trying to build a treadmill. You know? Like, I don't have that much going on. And he comes and he says, hey, I've got something to tell you. I want to talk to you. I want to speak to you. Isn't that amazing? And then I, for me to start and go, well, I don't know if I like the way you're speaking to me. I don't like the way you're doing it. I can't handle the thunderous voice. I need a gentle whisper. You might say, you don't need the gentle whisper right now. You need the thunderous voice. He knows better than I'll ever know. And trust me, when you need the gentle whisper, he'll come with a gentle whisper. Now, careful. Whenever we claim that God is speaking to us, it must be consistent with two things. Not just the revealed word of God, which is the Bible, it must line up with that, but also our collective church understanding and church history. Okay, it's very important. Okay, God told me, or God said to me, has been used and abused throughout history, and we must never fall into that trap. From cult leaders like David Koresh and and, uh, Jim Jones, uh, to false teachers in very popular churches, that tell them all these things that God says privately, but it doesn't line up with the Bible, and the collective wisdom of the church and experience of church history, it needs to be brought into question. You have to say, hang on a second. Are you telling me God told you something new that no other church has ever known before, that nobody's ever experienced before, but you know that? Yes. Well, right away you have to say, I... I'm really, first of all, if it's against what the Bible says, you know, you know, cult leaders, aren't they, I mean, it's funny how male cult leaders always, the first thing they always go for, actually, I'm allowed to have more than one wife. Everybody else can't, but I'm allowed. They always start there, right? Nobody else is allowed to do that except for me. Like, okay, obviously, it's an extreme example, but it started earlier. It started earlier when they were making little excuses and little reasons and little whatever. Well, God told me, God told me, be careful. And be careful using that in your own life. Listen, I'm a preacher. I'm in my mid-40s. I've been following the Lord my whole life. And people who know me, I rarely use the words, God said or God told me to do this. Go read the Apostle Paul. Often he's, pre- he's te- preaching when he's writing a letter, and when he gets really passionate about something, he'll even stop and say, now hold on a second, I don't think this is God, this is just my opinion. Paul says that, go read it. He goes, this may not be the Lord now, this is me. Because he realizes he's going into territory where he's telling people how to behave or how to dress or how to do their marriage, and he's like, I'm not really sure if this is the Lord or it's me, but I feel like this is a good thing to say, and says it. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, I feel like the Lord is saying 
Because this moment you start saying, God told me, God told me. And as anybody will tell you, it, it closes off all conversation. Now, I want to be clear. God can tell us things directly. But I want to ask you something. We know from the Bible that God is not the author of confusion. God is a God of order. So do you think he's going to come tell us something that's going to cause confusion and disorder in our lives, in our families, in the church, in the society? No. Because that's not the type of God he is. If any form of emotional or experiential Christianity is not based on Scripture, it's nothing more than New Age. Okay? And if any form of Christianity is entirely cerebral and of the mind and only about books, then it's nothing more than an empty shell. Okay? It's both and together. So one thing is certain. When God speaks, nothing remains the same. It's sometimes a question of what the outcome is. The outcome, sorry, is sometimes based on how we respond. So let's look at some examples. We already know at the beginning of time, God spoke and the universe was created out of nothing. And God followed that pattern, right? He spoke and it was good. He spoke and it was good. He spoke and it was good. And it goes on. Philip Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and in, to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So God speaks to us and uses us, and, and, and he's, again, it's good. He's working in us and it's good. So now, whenever Jesus spoke, when he was around, good stuff happened. Right? But not only, we're going to talk about it a second. When Jesus saw the lepers, you can read this in Luke 5. Jesus reached out his hand, touched the man, and said, I am willing to hear you, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. So when Jesus spoke, something powerful happened, something immediate happened. Right? How about the blind man in Luke 18? Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Right? How about this? Oh, yeah, we love Jesus and all this awesome thing and this stuff. What about the very strange story that, if you don't read it properly, might confuse you a little bit, about the barren fig tree? Jesus cursed the fig tree, and it died. Okay? Now, there's more to that story, and we don't have time to preach on that today, but I want you to understand that when Jesus says something, whatever he said happens. Okay? We're not going to get into the, to that. How about even greater than that? Sinners experience forgiveness through a word from Jesus. Remember when that lady was uh, going to be um, stoned for committing adultery? And then he challenged the crowd and said, all right, no problem, you can kill her. But I want, here's the deal. I want whoever has no sin, you, you be the first one to throw a stone. The point he's making is the only person in that circle who could have thrown the stone was Jesus, and he wasn't going to do it. So he said to the crowd and said, who here has no sin? You cast the first stone. And one by one, they all left. Finally, he looks up and he says to the lady, anybody left? Anybody here left to condemn you, he says to her? And she says, no one, sir. And he says, then neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. See, now what's so good about this is that not only does the, word, the words Jesus spoke bamboozle the crowd and get them to realize that they are the problem, not this lady. They leave, then he's got this lady there. And he doesn't say to her, I don't condemn you either. See ya. What does he say to her? Now go and stop doing the thing that got you into this problem in the first place. You see, the word of God doesn't just affirm everything we do and want. He was forgiving her. He saved her life. But he also said, hey, there's something you've got to change. And he didn't say, you're a horrible, you're a terrible woman. How dare you? He didn't say that. He said, no, just go and sin no more. 
Okay, nice and easy. How about this when God speaks? How many times did it take Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead? How many times? It took one word. Lazarus, come out. And he came out. So there was never a time that Jesus spoke something and it didn't happen. So what happens when Jesus speaks to you? I think the big question, our answer to that is, or a question that we kept raising on that, is when God speaks to us, do we listen? And do we do what he says? So let's go on to John chapter 10. It says this in John chapter 10, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. So this is a verse, if you've been to church uh, a lot, you have heard this a lot. It's, my sheep hear my voice, or my sheep know my voice. Jesus is saying, when people who know me hear me, they know and they listen. A.R. Bernard, he's a preacher from the U.S., said this, very good, uh, wise saying I found during the week. You cannot discern God's voice effectively in your life without an intimate relationship with him. Okay? How do you develop an intimate relationship to learn, someone's, to learn his voice? You read the Bible, you pray, you go to church, you think about him, you talk about him. That's how you get to know his voice. And we all know this. Every mother here remembers that when your baby was little, if you have a baby now, you can hear their cry out of every other cry. There could be 100 babies crying at a mall. And if your baby says, Mom, you know. You hear it. Dads, we have sort of the same thing. Maybe not as good. We all know by a voice what is meant by it. For example, for about 20 years, I knew if my mother called me Richard, there was a problem. And I know now if my wife calls me Richard, I've done something wrong. Because those who love me and are getting along with me and happy with me, I'm rich. I'm rich. Everybody calls me that. But when I'm called Richard, it's somebody who doesn't know me very well, has no relationship with me, or I'm in trouble with my wife or my mother. But why I'm saying that is because as a son, I knew my mom's voice. As a husband, I know my wife's voice. And so as a son of God, I know my shepherd's voice. As a sheep, I know, my she- I, I know what he's saying. And here's what happens when God speaks to us. When God speaks to us, where is he pointing us? What is he showing us? He's always, he's always taking us somewhere light, somewhere bright. He's always taking us towards repentance, towards forgiveness, towards reconciliation. He's never taking us anywhere bad. Now, what we might have to go through to get there could be tough, but he's there with us, and he's speaking to us, and he's giving us the strength. God speaks to us all, and we can be sure that if we listen for his voice, we will hear it, and he will transform our lives. James 1 is very clear. James 1.22 says this. I think I have it there. I'm not sure if I do, if it's okay. It says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Sort of back to the lady we were talking about before. You might even be saying, oh great, I, I, I listen to the Bible every day in my car, I read it every day, I go to church every week, I pray every day, I, listen to, I only listen to worship music, I never listen to anything else, and I, only, I don't watch the news, I only listen to sermons. I don't know, I'm being ridiculous as an example. You could have all that knowledge and hear all that voice, but if you don't do what it says, then you're basically, it says you're fooling yourself, you're deceiving yourself. So the, the invitation is, 
It's great. Get to know the voice of the Lord. Get to hear him and then do what he says. Now remember, what he's telling you to do will always lead to goodness. So this is how you can know, especially if someone says, well, God told me to do this and God told me to do that. Very often it's, well, what did he tell you to do? If it's pointing towards forgiveness, repentance, reconciliation, salvation of other people, evangelism, whatever, you can say, okay, this sounds like God, you know? But when it's always, well, God told me to break off this relationship, or God told me to do this, or God told me to do that, or God told, and it's, and it's something that doesn't line up with Scripture or line up with your understanding of God, maybe you're not hearing God's voice. And listen, we all can get into that point sometimes, you know, where you've uh, basically, you've had a bad week, you've had a bad month, you've had a bad year, I don't know, and you start hearing your own voice, or even the voice of the enemy, and you think, ah, whatever, and you need help calibrating, getting back on the right track. Well, I got an idea for you here. Let's go back. Now we're back in the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation chapter 3 says this, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him him and eat with him and he with me. Now I know I've preached this bit before, but I think it's important to remind everybody. First of all, When we get to know God, we understand something. Look what's happening here again. Here is Jesus taking the first step. Jesus is coming to us and saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He doesn't have to. Again, remember we talked about how great and majestic he is? He doesn't have to do this, but he is coming to our house and knocking on the door. He's coming to your life and knocking on the door. In reality, he's the great God of the universe. For all, he, he could just stand back and say, listen, come to me when you come to me. It's your problem. But no, because he loves us, he comes to us and he knocks the door. He has every right to open the door. It's his. The earth and everything in it is his. All of us, we are made by him. It's his. He could just, I'm coming in here, I'm taking over. No, he knocks the door. And he says, if anyone hears my voice, if you hear him saying, hello, hello, and opens the door, then he will come in. So what are you saying? Anybody. Anybody that opens their life to me, I will come in. I will come in and I will eat with him and he with me. Again, I keep on telling, I got to remind you this. And I know I've used this analogy before here on this stage, but it's important. You see, even like having a guest over, I know we don't do that anymore because of COVID, but in normal times, when you have a guest over, you know, when you have someone who's coming to give a quote on redoing your driveway and you let them in the house, they stay in the landing. They are not there to eat. They're not, to see, they're not here to see what kind of TV you have or talk to your kids or dog. They're here to give you a quote on your driveway. So you open the door and they stand there, you get the quote, you go, thank you very much, and you're out the door. Right? Now, when one of your kid's friends come over, they can come in, but you're setting rules. You're like, hey, listen, kid, uh, you and my son, you're only allowed in his room or down by the TV where the video games are. Nowhere else. Don't go anywhere else. Don't touch anything. Don't go, right? Because you want to keep it clean, whatever. And then when it's time to eat, you know, you're, 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 you're here you go, here's like a sandwich and a juice box, now get out of here, right? That's what happens when kids come over. That's what, the reason I'm using this is an analogy, okay? And when somebody you like comes over, what do you do? I don't know, if you're like my wife or my mom back in the day, it's clean the whole house, even though it was just clean 24 hours ago, okay? And clean the whole house. And you're like, like they're not going to go to the basement? Well, they might. 
right? Anybody have people like that? They might, but they're not. They're definitely not. They're coming to eat. They're definitely not. You never know, right? So it's, do all the laundry, do all the, you prepare the house, there's a big important guest coming over, whatever, you take out the best china, you take out the best everything, whatever, you get the best of everything because someone important is coming over. I'm letting somebody important through the door. And when they come over, you're there and you're like, can I have your coat, right? And then you act like you have a coat room, but really you're just throwing it on the spare bed, right? And you get, and, and you, you do that, Right, and you're like, and everybody's nicely dressed, everybody's, and everybody's on their best behavior, right? And oh, oh come in here, oh, look, I happen to have a, a, a plate of cheeses and, and deli meats, like always. So you never do that, right? Because it's special, because someone's there, right? And then you're treating them very nicely, and you're offering them a drink, and then you have a grand meal, and so on. Why? Because you care about the person, you want to hear what that person has to say, you want to have a relationship with the person. That's the imagery here. He's saying, let me into the house, don't leave me in the landing, don't tell me to go into your kid's room, don't make me go to the basement. I want to come down and eat with you. Again, the, the imagery of eating in the Bible is always about intimate relationships. Sharing a meal together is intimate. Talking to each other. And that's what he's saying. So the Lord wants, God wants to talk with you today. He has been speaking, is speaking, and will always be speaking. And as I reminded you, the Holy Spirit is his live stream. He's always speaking to us. So I invite you to open the door of your life today and let the Lord speak into it and over your life. He is only going to speak good things. Now, I said good. I didn't say they weren't tough. Because sometimes what God speaks over our lives is tough. Like, hey, Richard, you need to take care of this, or you need to do this, or whatever. And it, it might be a, a process that's, if you will, painful to go through, but the results are good, always. But for the most part, it's always good. God is going to tell you how how much he loves you, how much you're uh, a wonderful person, how much you, uh, you know, are, are, are worthy of dignity and respect and all these things, so much of what people in the world today feel like they don't have. So today, even though many of us have been locked up for so long, I want to remind you that God is speaking to you. Don't dispersonalize and say, yes, God speaks. God speaks to the whole world. God is actually speaking to you. As, many, as weeks go on, I'm going to be going through... Uh, a bunch of, um, I don't even call it, uh, famous chapters or well-known chapters in the Bible. That's what we're going to do for the next little while when I'm up here preaching, or when God Speaks sort of series for a while. And we're going to look at some famous uh, chapters of the Bible where God is speaking directly to his people about how he works, how he lives, how he loves us, all those things. So I want you to know that today. I invite you, wherever you are, even if you're a Christian already and you've had a problem, you feel like you haven't been hearing God's voice lately, or you're feeling... Um, a bit distracted, or maybe it's a new thing for you. I'm asking you to just turn your life to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I believe that you're speaking. I just lift my hands up to you. I lift my eyes up to you. I look up to you and I say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me just like you. I heard this guy say, speak to me that I understand. Help me understand what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. Help me understand what I'm hearing from the Word of God. I, will, I do encourage you, like anything, you know, eliminate distractions. I know that sometimes I can be bad with my phone. And so if my kids are talking to me, but I have my phone and something from work comes through, I, I might look at it or whatever. You have to eliminate distractions, okay, when you're trying to hear from God. So if you've got to lock yourself, the Bible calls it the prayer closet. I don't know if we would do that today, maybe, but if you've got to lock yourself in the closet, then lock yourself in the closet. But find a place that's quiet. Find a place where you, you're, you're going to have 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes just to try and hear God. And just say, God, I want to hear your voice. I promise you, God will speak to you, you know? And you'll say to me, well, how do I know if it's God's voice? You will know, you know? I'll tell you, I think I said this recently again, but I'll remind you, one thing I, I pray every day, 
for my children, you know, protection and all those things, but what I pray for them each day is that they will both learn what it is individually to understand and hear God's voice. Because once you get that, all the other stuff just sort of takes care of itself. Okay? And so I encourage you to pray that over other people, but pray it for yourself. God is standing at the door of our lives. He's knocking and he's saying, let me in. I want to come down, sit and eat. So the question I started with, when does God speak? Always. And he's speaking right now to us, even through this sermon, even through the worship, even through, uh, you know, your fellowship leader, whatever at home with your family, he's speaking to you right now. So listen for his voice. As I said before, I kind of <laughs> early said my uh, my <laughs> my finishing sentence, was God speaks to us all and we can be sure if we listen for his voice, we will hear him and it will transform our lives. So God bless you all. Have a fantastic week. We can't wait to see you again. Bye-bye.